0: welcome back listeners my name is steve and i'm andy and we are here in anticipation for stranger things season three but until then we thought it'd be a good idea to show you guys some of the archive episodes in fact all of the archive episodes of all the previous
1: uh seasons isn't that right andy that's right. So if you're listening right now tonight, it is currently June 18th and Stranger Things debuts in 16 days. Now we have 17 episodes to squeeze in. So we're going to go ahead and get started right away. And we're going to squeeze in an extra episode in one of these days just to make sure we have them all out in time for season three. But we cannot wait for you guys to come back when we start our st- coverage for Stranger Things season three.
0: So be sure to keep looking at your feed uh, to get all these archive episodes that are being re-released. But more importantly, uh, stick with us until July fourth when we will start dumping out our uh, season three coverage. So until then, hope you guys enjoy the archive episodes.
2: It's like home, but it's so dark and empty. What do you mean, eleven?
0: Friends don't play.
2: Stop it! You're freaking her out. She's freaking me out.
1: Upside down. Do you understand what he's
2: talking about? No. I've got a Oh, God, please me. It's not the kid. I need you to hide! Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Holy shit.
3: Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Uh,. One of the only shows, no, that's not true, <laughs> a show uh, that dives deep into the Netflix original Stranger Things. And what we're doing right now is re-watching season one and going chapter by chapter, which is what they call the episodes, and watching each episode and then hopping right on the mics to dive deep into you know, the inner workings of the episode uh, to talk about our favorite moments, uh, try to discover as many of the many Easter eggs as we can. And interpret, uh, interpret what's going on as best we can. It's been about a year since any of us have seen the show, except Andy, I think, recently. Yeah, I watched it like a month ago. Yeah. It's his third rewatch, so we need somebody uh, a little more uh, engaged. He's you know our professional. Yeah. <laughs> he's an
0: <laughs> he's a, he's a expert on all things Stranger Things.
3: We are mere amateurs, Steve and I. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, <laughs> diving right into it. I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, I hope you, more importantly, have subscribed. And I guess it's not more important. Hopefully, they're enjoying it, and then they yeah. will subscribe, right? Uh, and then just take a moment to rate and review it. If you have the time, it's not that di- difficult on the new, uh, Apple podcast app. The iOS 11 update made it really simple. I don't know if you've noticed or looked at your podcast app. I haven't updated yet. Dude. It's, oh. it's nice that you just scroll right down now to do the reviews instead of before. It was kind of weird. Like, as far as you I know, go you, to the tab. you had to like research something you were already subscribed to, to find the reviews for it. Uh, it was very inefficient. So way to go. Steve jobs, uh, from beyond the grave, <laughs> making the world a better place still. So this is Chapter 5, The Flea and the Acrobat, which Netflix describes thusly. Hopper breaks into the lab while Nancy and Jonathan confront the force that took Will. The boys ask Mr. Clark how to travel to another dimension. And I should say that was written by Allison Tatlock. Uh, I was an asshole for not mentioning the writers on the previous episodes. I will uh, do some homework and get back on you. <laughs> I think there's only a handful, like three or four writers, uh, some of which are the Duffer Brothers, correct? Or at least the, they directed yeah. a lot of them. Yeah.
0: I think I know they, they directed wrote all of them. I know they at least wrote the first one.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you guys know the origin of the Duffer Brothers?
0: No, I assume that there was a kind woman named Miss Duffer. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Mr. Duffer.
3: <laughs> Nicely done, Steve. That is true. Uh, the origin of their filmmaking career, rather.
0: Uh, I'm, not, I'm unfamiliar.
3: Are you familiar, Andrew? Mm, nope i'll i'll educate you uh from my research
0: drop some knowledge on me
3: so the duffer brothers uh i forgot now they did something i think it was like a little short film um that didn't do anything uh maybe even a, a cheap feature but it got the attention of one m9 Shyamalan. Shalaman. what a twist didn't what expect that twist. did you guys <laughs> what a twist <laughs> and he uh recruited their help on the show wayward pines which okay. is uh, you know didn't do that well either but mm-hmm. It probably got them the necessary contacts and experience to be able to handle a show like Stranger Things. So we all owe a big thanks to Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. So thank you, Sham. Hey, know He's been
0: brought up a lot in this podcast, more so than I would have thought going into this endeavor. <laughs> He's been mentioned in at least three episodes. Has he really? Yeah.
3: I don't recall the other mentions. He's so sneaky.
0: Uh, there was this one. There was when I, <laughs> when I mentioned my fear of the movie signs. That's right. And um, then there was a, oh, I forget the first one. The first one was a while ago, but yeah,
1: there's three times. Wow.
0: What
3: is that the the seven, um, Kevin Bacon thing? Seven oh, degrees of Kevin se-
1: Bacon. Yeah, seven degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah. so it's Kevin seven Bacon.
3: degrees of M 9 Shyamalan is what we're dealing with here. <laughs> you play that game more often. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, about the flea and the acrobat. Uh, so it starts off. Uh, Hopper hops in. Is what oh, I wrote yeah. down. Uh, he's right in right off the bat. He's breaking into the laboratory. He's really punchy right now.
2: <laughs> he's just hitting everybody, <laughs> you know dude. That?
3: He's made like, man on a mission. Like, the second time they did it, I was like, this is very, very Tarantino to just, like, do it again to subvert expectation. Almost by fulfilling expectation, they've subverted it. Like, oh, he's going to do the punch move again, you know, and it got me. And then the third time, now it's in South Park level. <laughs> like, it's so... Uh, so much of a thing that it's its own thing and it's cool, you know what I mean. Right. And of course, what else would he do? And I love that about his character is that he is so upset. And I was trying to think about it once I was making fun of my head. I really kind of delved into it into my mind. He thinks Will is alive and is being held captive in this building. He's unaware right. of any supernatural thing. He's on this tinfoil hat government kick right now. He discovered the cotton body. You know what I mean. <laughs> and all the other goings-on with the state troopers. So he's just running through the building, shouting, like, Will? Like, Will's going to be walking around eating some vending machine candy or something. Like, oh, thank God. This place is labyrinthine, you know. I don't they know.
0: don't even have D&D in
1: here.
3: <laughs> Isn't D&D wherever you want it to be? Well, that's true. Well, and then he while
0: needs, He he's... needs the guidebooks. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> She's true. not the dungeon it's, master. It's, he needs some help.
3: It's very dense. That's true.
1: While he is uh, running around looking for Will, who he thinks is just being hidden there, hidden, taken captive, he does find Eleven's room with her drawing... Uh, like Papa and Eleven and stuff And so like that kind of confirms his fears You know what I mean like oh fuck they are keeping kids Hostage here you know mm-hmm. like so He's not unfounded sure. in his uh, And that harkens, harkens back to the Drawing of that his that his daughter
2: Drew Ooh. him as well yeah.
0: so maybe that's Adding t- that's fueling his yeah, desperation like, As well fuck her. maybe
3: they have my Girl too She draws <laughs> She draws just like my daughter <laughs> Which can we point out Mike is a good artist Yes. His fireball game is weak, but the wizard was on point, right? Eleven? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Rough stuff. She I mean the detailed faces with the stick bodies threw me way off. <laughs> if you're going to shade in the faces and use multiple colors and hey, then just stick bodies Sometimes body. you
0: got to keep things simple especially after a long day of making yourself kill cats. I you got to you got to enjoy some things. But I mean things. she
3: even drew like a swinging bare light bulb on a chain. You know what I mean? Like it was some I feel like they fucked up there, you know
1: she says a dead cat drawn in the corner of it like fluffy written above it <laughs> if you're
3: gonna if you're gonna detail the faces like that I think you should leave give some like bubble hands and like some dimensions to the bodies that it just occurred to me that's all you know but it, who's to say uh, this
0: is me this is Papa and these are the walking bags of uh, meat that work for him <laughs> <laughs>
3: right because that's how she treats him and their necks are super brittle oh, I don't know what it is <laughs> um so uh then Lonnie shows up. We cut to Joyce's house. And uh, Lonnie, well, he showed up in the last mm-hmm. episode. But he's there to console, quote, unquote, Joyce. Uh, and I did take note that he hands her a bottle of vodka and uh, says, you know, drink this so that you can think straight. <laughs> yeah. Which is very alcoholic uh, mentality. You can tell that that's how he copes and deals with things. And he's not being funny or trying to sedate her. That's just how he copes with life. Sure. We we can pick that up from how we saw his introduction earlier. So. Mm-hmm. Um, And then he tries to convince Joyce that she's insane, Um, which, you know, from his point of view is probably pretty obvious. You know, you have to admit, I mean, he's coming in. He's a super douchebag, class A asshole. Mm -hmm. But there's the hole in the wall. And he's like, why is there a hole in the wall? It's Christmas lights everywhere. It's fall Mm -hmm. slash winter. And he says, um, or she says, well, I thought Will was in there trying to reach me and I wanted to get him out, you know. Right. (laughs) And he... To his knowledge, the the boy's body was just discovered. So he's very, you know, understandably thinking she is off her fucking rocker. Utterly.
0: And And this scene does, it it gives a nice little window into what their past relationship could have been. Because there is, this is the first time they've been together where there is some kind of warmth between them yeah where you can kind of feel that history and also maybe that's how joyce did deal with her problems back in the day she was like yeah, well, she,
3: she took it down pretty easy I for did, sure
1: give me that jack <laughs> Dude, did you see the drink she poured herself at the end of that scene? Oh, yeah like, it, was, it, was it was a like, large quadruple yeah. <laughs> shot
3: and even lonnie in his alcoholism kind of gave it a sideways glance like <laughs> what have i done <laughs> so he brings up her aunt darlene uh, so we find out that yeah. she has a history of mental illness i guess
1: yeah, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting too, just a little side note. Like remember what happened with your aunt Darlene? Mm-hmm. That's, that's it, you know, there's no
3: which is really a low manipulative m- manipulative blow. Yeah. Um but also more of his point of view of just like is probably
0: gaslighting Joyce.
3: <laughs> there's that, but I think he just legitimately probably part of the reason they split up is he always kind of thought she's crazy like Aunt Darlene, you know, mm-hmm. cuz he's that kind of asshole. So then um we get cut back to Hopper Uh, just stalking through the place Uh, and I took note of the this is a very brave individual I mean he is alone uh, in a place that he has come to understand is extremely dangerous nefarious enough to kidnap children at the very least and what else is going on he has no idea he just knows there's a lot more than he knows and he's just knocking out you know breaking massive amounts of laws probably angering the entire government it's almost bravery to the point of to the point of foolishness.
0: Yeah, what was his plan? Because how's he going to get out and live <laughs> the
3: rest of his life if he foresees that this is the NSA, you know, NSA or CIA, which he says yeah. later? What was his plan?
0: Like, even if you find. Go to Russia. Even if he were to find Will. Right. And how's he going to get the two of them out of there? Right. The, at at right. most, he's dead. They'll just keep Will.
3: Right. <laughs> okay, Will. <laughs> Did I'm you draw use this? Because this is shitty. Come yeah. here,
0: Will. I'm going to use you as a human shield. <laughs> and that's how we're getting out.
3: Oh, no. We found Will. What do we scream the rest of the time? uh uh, so then we cut back to the boys uh and the girl 11 and they're talking about the the game board that i loved so much from a previous episode where she had tried to tell them explain the upside down with some physical cues by turning the board upside down which is where we get the name the upside down um and then they're able to relate and i love this they relate to the entirety of what's going on throughout the course of this show through the lens of dungeons and dragons, yeah, which is what humans do. You know what I mean? They, okay. Take a, uh, an unpredictable strange occurrence and you try your best. It's just what human brains do to relate it to stimuli that you've experienced before and Mm -hmm. try to put it in a box that you can understand. So that's what they do with Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. That thing's the Demogorgon, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think they did something similar with 11. So then they pull out this veil of shadows. Um, to explain the world of the Upside Down, which is and it sounds exactly like yeah, what it actually it's is, dead on. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And the Vale of Shadows is a real Icewind Dale property, I believe. Mm. Um, and Icewind Dale is another,
2: wouldn't
0: that be great if all the Dungeons and Dragons scenarios are actual? Like they're really real. We just have to find. Yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> they're designed stuff. The Forgotten it, Realms. <laughs> the guy who creates Dungeons and Dragons, like I'm trying to tell you, people, they're <laughs> out there. They exist. <laughs>
3: And so then they say, "Well, how do we get to it?" And Dustin says, "Well, you cast shadow walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that in the real life, idiot. Our, uh, jo- our agility's not that high." Either. Yeah, they just start rolling dice, and she's sitting there like, <laughs> "What the hell? <laughs> it's not going to help." Yeah,
1: it's just like maybe she can
3: get there. She's like rolling
1: <laughs> eleven. <laughs>
3: nice. Uh, so then we jump back to Hopper at the hole, <laughs> uh, and this was epic. I loved this sequence uh, with Hopper again. The goo, the CG of the goo left a lot to be desired in my opinion didn't notice it the first time too if I'm being honest Uh, did not notice it the first time so it must not be that bad but I'm just like that's some really low grade goo my opinion uh like some nickelodeon level stuff
1: dude that's that's what the upside down is it's like the land of dandruff and goo you know
2: yeah, (laughs) he's like
3: floating stuff (laughs) and just demogorgon semen covers all of the vaginal openings to the upside down i don't know i mean it's not steve's upset looking but it's not my imagery i mean (laughs) you got a gaping oval hole (laughs) just connected with goo Mm. it's clear goo okay you guys get the picture but the score was intense. Oh yeah! I knew what was going to happen, and I'm still on the edge of my seat. Uh, then we get a sweet, you know, swifty jump scare <laughs> with the unidentified other, you know, flitting across the screen. Very eighties horror. It was awesome. What did you guys think?
0: I do like how they subverted the in, the expectation of the monster being there, and it's just the government agents in their um, mm-hmm. it's their it's hazmat suits. Mm-hmm. And don't they like needle them in the neck and oh, knock yeah. them yeah. out? Oh yeah! That's gonna hurt.
3: And that's such a horror trope to have, you know, we don't know what's behind and then it's just the hand of a friend that Mm -hmm. they like double subverted and it's a different enemy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um,
1: The fact that he got out of there at all is crazy. You know what I mean? Like he's just knocked out a bunch of dudes, broke into the fucking bowels of the Hawkins lab and like found their deepest, darkest secret and they just fucking knock him out and he wakes up. I thought about that
3: when he woke up in his double wide uh i was like why didn't they just kill him wide. but i think
1: they already used all their cotton
3: they couldn't make another <laughs> they could make enough, another body none of them have wives so there's no cotton balls um
1: fun tidbit about that double wide uh-huh. the uh production designers bought that trailer for one dollar
3: i mean isn't that what they cost <laughs> <laughs>
1: no,
0: i'm just
3: kidding it's awful I live in...
1: That's pretty... That's... Whoever got
0: that deal... Yeah, yeah. Is that Kudos. like Craigslist? <laughs> Indiana, <laughs> Indiana no Craigslist? Idea.
3: Or I guess it would be Georgia Craigslist. That's where it was shot. Um, no. I, what was I saying? Oh, no. I think it would be harder. So they've already got Barb missing. They've got Will missing. Uh, they've got the hunters we find out later, uh, like Glenn and Gary or some mm-hmm. shit, to deal with and explain. So there's Gary, so much... Of, Ross? Yeah.
1: I think. Gary, <laughs> and Always be closing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so... I think it would cause too much trouble to have the sheriff suddenly come up missing. Then they're calling in federal cops or national. Mm. I don't know what they would do, but they've clearly got the state police under their control, but there'd be some outside attention that they don't really want to deal with. So if Mm -hmm. we can, um, you know, drug him up, put him back on his couch. He does a bunch of Xanax and shit. We can tell plant a bug in his house to make sure he stays under good behavior, but hopefully he'll wake up thinking this is a bad bender or remember but still, like okay, that clearly too big too big to fuck with, you know. Right. I guess it was, I, was I guess lucky was the get out of there, <laughs> sure. Uh, and if he had any common sense and wasn't such a brave hero, that's what he would have done. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to Jonathan uh, storming in on uh, Lonnie trying to gaslight Joyce, and he doesn't like his dad at all. We can see that. Which is, again, sort of trope like the older son who has wants nothing to do with the dad. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's a trope because it makes sense. It's common where he mm-hmm. has all the memories of all the shit that this man has done. He has no interest in reliving that or giving him a second chance.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's really sad to see Joyce kind of falling into his bullshit because she's so lonely. Yeah. And he she does have such a history of this man. You know, he sired two of her children. Uh, and she's like, he's staying the night. It's on the couch. You know, there's that painful moment mm-hmm. where she's like, not trying to convince Jonathan, but almost like, begging to see in his eyes that she's not being ludicrous for allowing this comfort mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, he brought Stoley, you know <laughs> like, <laughs> you want some
0: it's good stuff but you didn't get the natty light yeah <laughs> <laughs> he walks in she's like Jonathan <laughs> Tiny Rick my firstborn <laughs> what's up babe Lonnie's gonna sleep on the couch <laughs> so, so am I <laughs> I might come out and hear if you hear noises at night
3: Jonathan it's just the TV if you hear any if you hear any knocking it's just me with the X (laughs) you know what I'm saying it might
1: be the (laughs) Tim (laughs) of that's
3: so sad Um, anywho uh, so then we cut to uh, prepping for the fake funeral which is an awesome sequence because you see Nancy Lucas Dustin and Mike I think uh, all getting dressed for a funeral none of which think is real or for any purpose because I think even Nancy at this point um
0: nancy's doubting herself i think at that point
3: yes she's not as clear like the boys are straight smirking like will's not dead you know what i mean but she's like what the fuck is this even for you know because barb there's other things going on so she's definitely got a lot on her mind so Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see the adults like these kids are handling it really well you know yeah (laughs) Uh, i
0: love the i love the song that plays during the
3: scene to, what was it, Steve? I don't know. I can't pronounce the name of it. It's a New Order song. Though. Oh, 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 okay. We'll see. You get it's, it's half awesome. Steve points. <laughs> I love it. It was it's very like good.
0: Elegius. El, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's weird spelling. Hmm. But it's a New Order song. It's great, and it really—it's this haunting synth noise that just kind of keeps repeating, and you get the hard guitar bow yeah. noise. <laughs> oh yeah! It, it almost sounds like it. Kind of sounds like a. a, a uh, sci-fi techno western song, like oh. you're about to go at high noon, and that's the song that plays before the, the space cowboys do <laughs> get at high noon.
3: Stu, shut up! That's a great idea for a movie. Don't take our ideas. <laughs> high tech western synth version instead of wow, it's like <laughs> I, don't it's, <laughs> it's I don't know. It's the West World soundtrack. I can't do a version. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Damn it, West World! <laughs> um. And probably Simpsons. Um, (laughs) So then we got the, it cuts to the dog who it seems like has always known where Will is, which is probably an eighties thing too, or at least a trope of films where like the animal is hip to things otherworldly. I mean, that's just a stereotype Mm -hmm. of like at least cats for sure. (laughs) I know that they think that about cats. So he crawls into the fort and just looks forlorn because that's Will's in upside down fort most of the time. Right. So I just thought that was neat. It's like the dog's like, I've been fucking oh, telling I, you. I never
0: made that connection. So are you saying that Will's in the fort at the same time the dog's there? Because the think dog so. Knows. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I never made that connection. That's interesting. That's yeah. what I think. What are
3: you thinking? Yeah,
1: probably. I, we do see him at some point um, in the Upside Down, like singing to himself. Mm-hmm. And I think he's sitting in the fort at the time. It's yeah. good stuff.
3: Follow the dog. And Joyce never listened. So um, Was the
1: dog...
0: Tied up in that first episode that we discussed before. Like, I how think he th-
3: was on a leash or maybe not. Just, did they
0: just let the dog out like Will's dead? We <laughs> don't care about this dog anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's kinda
3: I mean, it'd be really hard to remember to feed the dog for sure yeah, if it was true. me and lost my son, you know. That's true. Um, but I'm not a dog guy, so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I don't dislike him in like a serial killer way. I'm just not really animal lovey. I don't know. So I love the shot that we had uh during the funeral. The preacher's just preaching away with one of his uh, sermons. And she's really disdainful, like gives this classic Winona disgusted scoff and toward the preacher's direction because she doesn't think her son is dead. So this is all very annoying. And, and in my experience, I've been to a lot of funerals. And for me, the preacher is often seemed, comes off like encroaching upon grief a bit mm-hmm. and less helpful. That's just for me. So I thought it was like double whammy for her because she doesn't even think he's dead. That's what I took from that could, shot.
0: Could it also be because she had this experience of where she hears Will behind the wall and she rips the wallpaper and she sees Will there that maybe her whole expectation or viewpoint of like an afterlife. Sure. Or Ooh. theology is kind of warped now because yeah. That's not supposed to happen. That's not in the Bible. Like and lo, (laughs) Moses appeared in a door that wasn't really
3: a door. So Dustin makes a joke that was very funny, talking about a so he looks over and he sees one of the girls from school is weeping. Jennifer this, Hayes. It's classic school because, you know, you remember getting upset as a child and being like, I'm just going to die and everybody's going to be so sad at my funeral. Like, you know, you get all upset because yep. your video game broke or whatever. You listen to some dashboard confessional. Yeah, you like <laughs> farted in class and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to end it and everybody's going to be so sad. Oh, ha ha, how stinky I am now. Wait till I'm dead tomorrow, you know? And you just imagine it and it's so glorious. you'll feel bad. So then they get to see that and he looks over like, oh dude, wait till Will finds out Jennifer Hayes was crying i It's funeral, you know. (laughs) So beautiful moment. Very. The Duffers are very good at remembering what it was like to be a child, Mm -hmm. Um, and and since they're in the '80s, they remember the '80s as well too. But I just think that's often difficult. I think for a storyteller to truly remember what it's like to be 13, you know, Mm -hmm. to encapsulate that, and they do a very good job. So then we cut back to more uh, bullshit, Lonnie, and that it's kind of interweaving. So I think this episode, more than any other, has a lot of the individual plot threads cut into mm-hmm. segments yeah, a so lot it's kind of harder to do this straight recap that i normally do because it kind of keeps coming back and finishing so i'm going to save the culmination of the lonnie thread for a little bit later uh so then the, yeah before we ahead.
0: move on to the from the funeral um I, oh, I, sure. did you notice that no like people were almost actively avoiding joyce yeah because there's that shot where everyone's giving their condolences to Lonnie yeah and mm-hmm. uh, like even Ted Ted shows up and he's like oh, I'm so sorry Lonnie yeah it's a good kid Bill <laughs> um and everyone's just even Lucas like oh he Lucas almost shoulder checks Joyce as he walks past her it's like everyone's really avoiding this crazy lady and I feel so bad for her in that yeah, moment
3: she's uh, very much isolated um probably due to flipping out in everybody's mind but also I think when someone is that stricken it's often hard to, I mean, there are no words. And if mm-hmm. you're intelligent, you know that, you know, like I went to a funeral uh, a couple years ago from, and it was a, a, a son, you know, it was a, like a 20 something year old friend of mine and his mother was standing at the casket and it was just like, you're in the line. Like, what do I say? It's, yeah. You know, and I have no idea what it's like to lose a child. And this is so, in my opinion, awful that we're putting her through this weird custom to have to entertain hundreds of people walking by her you know what i mean I don't yeah, know, that yeah. in my opinion and so anyway it could have been a little bit of that too like lonnie's clearly didn't give a fuck that much i'll just give my condolences to him you know what i mean yeah and lonnie's just there to soak it up make an appearance and he wants to be seen like the good father all of a sudden now that will's gone yeah
0: <clears throat> and that's kind of a callback to a previous episode where the one guy was like oh that's lonnie's kid right mm-hmm. there's just this kind of perception in town that will is lonnie's kid and Joyce is just—that's
3: true. Joyce. There could be this whole town dynamic that everybody prefers. Lonnie. he likes to yeah. party. She fucking fucked Hopper, you know, or whatever the <laughs> gossip <laughs> of the town is. We don't know, you know. It yeah, could the, be the case.
0: Yeah, there's some sort of you know black sheep element to Joyce that this town is putting on mm-hmm. her, which is really weird. I'm not I don't fully understand it cuz I like Joyce sure, she's well, maybe crazy but Eileen
3: put a a a stain on the family maybe you know we, know, <laughs> awesome. so we need to dig into she this She did
0: just
1: have her public meltdown with her son like
3: in it's the true. town, the
1: funeral for that kid, that, thing, that there. thing, you know, there's a whole group of people standing around watching it. Oh, and
3: you know, they told everybody they go to the uh, Flo's house with the casserole. <laughs> like, Oh my god, you will not believe somebody
1: what... gets on uh Snapchat and they're like, You won't believe what Joyce does, did <laughs> well,
0: Hawkins, Puppy dog filter,
2: yeah. you know?
1: <laughs> Hawkins <laughs> is like one square mile, so the, everybody probably yeah. heard her at, from their house. Yes,
3: yeah, so we get to see well, something we alluded to in a previous episode. Uh, Jonathan pulls out his trusty old Hawkins map With X's marked on all the uh, points of interest And we see that it's not very big yeah. <laughs> We were all actually laughing watching it he's like The Demogordon can't go far <laughs> you know, Apparently not So yeah, all the sightings
0: are within one square mile of each other That's
3: what he said He's like so this is Will's house Or our house or whatever you know? right. This is the lab you know? <laughs> This is Steve's house You know <laughs> as you can see, it's all basically one blob of letter, you know, <laughs> which is fine. So whatever small it is, town. it's not
0: going around far.
2: <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is.
3: So that's good that we do find something out about the monster. He cannot, or at least I had a realization that maybe I'd remembered from seeing the show before. So the Demogorgon cannot stray far from the rift in the space-time continuum. Is that mm-hmm. what we all learned?
0: If he can't, he chooses not to no. at the very least.
3: Sure. There you go. If you want to stick to the evidence we have, Mr. Science Guy, you're not trying to extrapolate.
0: (laughs) Within a reasonable doubt.
3: (laughs) Um, So then cut back, Hopper. Steve Hawkins. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Hopper ransacks his own house uh, looking for uh, a bug. What do you guys think of that sequence?
1: Super pulled from the conversation. Gene Hackman movie from the 70s late mm. 70s Okay, where he's freaking out at the end of the movie and trying to find the bug in his apartment like is he no, He's convinced that somebody's listening in on him
3: I loved it because yeah. he's just without you know you can see where his priorities shifted and you can tell for me when he stabs the couch that's something you can't clean up yeah you no know, until then I'm like he's gonna settle things. rescue will come back you know put his table back up buy a new phone but it's like oh he's gonna come back fuck man it wasn't even in the couch you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, honest question for you guys uh-huh. uh, if you were in a situation where you thought I think I'm being bugged by the government would you rip your house apart to find the bug because knowing me I'd probably be like I don't want to get another count." <laughs> I don't
2: know
1: in this day and age we know the government's
0: listening yes, to us on yeah, our phones yeah, and stuff true. And so
1: it's just
3: they definitely are here I think checking the couch was silly because how'd they get his big ass on it and then if it was like he didn't like unzip it you know he, he, he
0: took a knife I to get, that thing, right?
3: And they they if it's in there, if they got it in and made it look like nothing's wrong with the couch. Right. But I guess he's just in a hurry, you know, and his priorities. are so he's freaking out, like oh my! I guess he's just losing his shit. Like they put me back in my home, like this this is insane. Yeah. And
0: they've already seen what he's been capable of doing to the the willow pillow, so they know he can rip, rip shit. <laughs> the willow, another
3: eighties huh. property. Oh, oh. <laughs> high fiving silently, <laughs> audio. <laughs> um, anywho. Uh, what was I going to say? But it did bother me. There was one thing about that that bothered me. He checks every single light in the house. Then other things. And then the bug is actually in the main light that was in the room
0: wherein oh, oh, oh. he started. He was in a laying down position looking directly at it when the started.
3: Did that not bother started. you? You didn't check the main chandelier thingy? You checked <laughs> all the obscure light bulbs, the fucking thermostat to the double wide
0: it wouldn't have bothered me as much if like he looked up unscrewed it found the bug and then went oh, of course it's the last fucking thing i checked <laughs> that would have been funny yeah <laughs>
3: damn it yeah no just notice that uh then we cut to nancy and john we were talking about the map and they started the plot to investigate nancy and john nancy drew nancy john is there a thing now that's no. a stretch as well We cut back to uh, the school, some authorities investigating the burning. What was the radio called again?
1: Uh, Heathkit
3: Hamshack. The Heathkit Hamshack. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like I was selling one on like an old telethon or something the heath kit hand shack
0: what did the uh what did the um i guess the principal say about it like oh, a lot of the athletically challenged kids use these apparently
3: a lot of the less athletic types enjoy this type of thing quite a bit or something like that as uh members of the less athletic types we represent that, sir, heavily okay he ain't wrong <laughs> he ain't wrong.
0: You're not wrong, you're just a (laughs) douchebag. Or uh, you're just an asshole,
3: that's the dude line, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then translates seamlessly, uh, or transitions rather, from the ham shack to the ham bone. Mr. Clark. (laughs) (laughs) Walking up to the boys, and Lucas delivers, uh, we're in mourning, very (laughs) unconvincingly. But again, Mr. Clark just takes them at their word, no matter how poorly they're acting.
0: And kudos to him for being like a really upstanding guy who's oh, kind for of sure who's um you know he's getting these kids interested in things and he's you know being a support system for them and when they ask him the silly question he doesn't say like
3: let's 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 not talk about no he's quantum like, oh theory. science science isn't very forgiving boys but it's fun Plus Will's dead, which is also science. <laughs> Lucas yeah.
1: says we're in mourning. Dustin says,
3: man, these aren't real Nilla
1: wafers. <laughs> these ain't real Nilla wafers. That's why Dustin's mourning.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was He was the only convincingly sad one, and we know why. Uh, so then we get the title, the titular conversation, right? Uh, the Flea and the Acrobat, wherein Mr. Clark explains to the boys w- w- how scientifically the two dimensions could exist. And he talks about a lot of really Rick and Morty things about an infinite different number of uh, universes and causalities. Uh, so we get a little paper plate drawing of what could go down. Um, For the listeners, uh, Chris just held up a paper plate. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it, but it happened. Which is on the table with notes on it, just like The Flea and the Acrobat uh, from a different podcast. So there he you go. He has up.
1: not yet ripped a hole into it, though.
3: <laughs> so what did you guys think about The Flea and the Acrobat? Oh, was dope. It reminded me of. Uh, event Horizon. Yeah,
1: I put that in my notes.
3: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you'd seen that film. Straight from it. Well, is they used the a piece with of paper. Sam Neill? Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, Lawrence Fishburne.
0: And that's where they like open a portal to hell on the spaceship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he okay. does
3: the paper thing with the pen straight through mm-hmm. it. And I wonder, is that an ego? Is it in your egos? Yeah, that was uh, in my egos. Sorry.
0: Before we got to this scene and we saw the title, I th- I thought it was an allusion to Jurassic Park.
3: He has a flea in the acrobat. I heard you mumble that. What does that uh,
0: mean? uh, Richard Attenborough's character is saying, like, oh, I used to have a flea circus, and, oh, Uh, mommy, uh, can you see this fleas And, like, that's what came to mind. Obviously, I'm not
3: right at all,
0: but. Hey! I wrote it down, like, oh, yeah, that's the first Echo of the night, boys. 100%. (laughs) It's going to be a good night. This This is just
3: as good as Jefferson Airplane. Uh,. So then we find out Dale and Henry are missing. Yeah, and the sociopath duo shows up to talk to old sheriff, and they are just horrible cops, horrible people. I mean, am I wrong? No, no. Yeah. I mean, I know that we're we're seeing them through Hopper's lens, but it's just I just hate every bit of their bodies.
0: Yeah, they they both drop a oh, couple. Dale
3: of... and Henry are missing too. Thought yeah. you should know they're probably dead. I killed Henry. Don't know where Dale is. You know
0: <laughs> these guys have no detective bone in their body nor any empathy at all because no. the one dude's like hey the state guy the stadies, the stadies found barbara's car looks like she did run away case mm. closed dumb good bitch. thing they're <laughs> good thing they're doing a job for us isn't that cool hop yeah. that was they- a little on
3: the nose i thought it was and hop's like yeah Real cool. I should have fired
2: you guys.
0: <laughs> and then the other dude, they get in the car, and uh, the one the one comments that he hops acting weird. He's "I think he's been hanging out with that Joyce Byers too much. <laughs> he's been drinking them crazy pills.
3: Drinking the pills too? Really?
0: <laughs> that, that's what you do with pills, right? Crazy pills yeah. are
3: liquid. Actually, he's correct. Um, <laughs> so then we cut liquid caps. <laughs> we, we cut Joe caps. <laughs> we cut back to Lonnie. Who Liquid job. Is, <laughs> Lonnie does not know how to fix a fucking hole. <laughs> I, and I don't know if that's characterization, or if the Duffer Brothers don't know either. Like it is just cartoon Elmer fudding that hole because there's the hole, like,
0: and he puts a two by four over it and starts hammering the two I'm by going four this, into So
1: the, the rabbit wall.
3: can't get in, you
1: know. Joy says, "Like, what are you doing?" He says, "You want to freeze this over? It's like I'm still going to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not insulating
3: it. That's what is this 1838? I mean, I'm not a a tool
0: guy i can't repair things with my hands but i'm watching this and i had to turn to andy and go that's not really how you fix holes right
3: okay. i don't think that's right what he should have done is but if he's going to do a really quick fix do nail the boards on the outside yeah. fill the hole with insulation and then fix the drywall on the inside and then you'd have had like a temp fix
0: but then you'd have to stage that whole scene outside
3: <laughs> i mean it could just work for characterization like lonnie is in a role for which he is not suited. He's mm-hmm. not a father, he's not a fixer upper around the house guy. He's not someone that helps you when you're mourning or is even slightly good to talk to. He's he is playing a part only good to get fucked up with. And if you're interested in doing anything else, he's useless. Uh, I just wonder if that was really why they did it that way.
0: I mean, that makes sense I uh, cuz as you mentioned, he could it could just allude to the fact that he is playing the part that Mm -hmm. he's not really caring that as we'll talk about in a little bit, he's using them Mm -hmm. and this is just a con and it's just him. It's showing the cracks in his, his acting
3: really. He's like, I don't want to freeze to death for the few days that it takes me to get this (laughs) scheme off. Uh, but we get a, out of that sequence, a wonderful edit. They're editors of the, I don't know if they were lauded at all, but whoever edited this show, I think Mm -hmm. has done just hearty work. just, not wearing a cape but still a hero because it's so good so we get the nail hammering in which cuts directly to mike showing 11 the same little dimension that mr clark showed him mm. uh you know what's it called diorama and so we cuts you know it's a match cut into a pencil going through a piece of paper mm-hmm. which is much more event horizony because yeah. it's paper now i just really love that cut I just something i noticed uh and uh this comes to something very important um you can see on Eleven's face that she knows that she's caused this rift in the Mm. space-time continuum and doesn't want to lose her friends right and she's terrified at what she sees is inevitable because they keep discovering more and more evidence and she's just starting to panic and even though it's not really her fault it technically is you know has to do with her and Mm. they don't know that it's kind of like a jonathan's my buyer situation like work because he was at work you know very much not his fault but it definitely had something to do with it um anyway i just thought that that was very heartbreaking and And, and she's so good she's
0: seen the boys overreact to things that just the smallest thing she does so she's probably concerned like what happens when they find out that i did
3: just got him patched up and fucking lucas never liked me he's gonna Mm -hmm. jump all over this you know (laughs) um so then we find out, we had seen a flyer, and like I said, all this is intercut, so it's a little difficult for me to talk about. So Joyce pulls out a flyer, I think it's a flyer, for like a, uh, a class action lawsuit against the company who had dug the quarry, mm. and that's why Lonnie makes that offhand comment about, yeah, it's kind of fucked up, they didn't build a fence around the quarry, so she puts it together that the only reason he's there is to use Will's death as a cash grab mm. to try to cash in on this lawsuit. And I guess that he's thinking ahead for the trial that, you know, they could make a claim that he wasn't even around. So why does he deserve reparations for something he doesn't even take care of? Mm -hmm. Yada, yada, yada. So, uh, and then we see the fury of Joyce Byers. Such a good
1: scene, dude. Yeah. Such a good scene. I will leave these lights up until the day I die. Mm -hmm. I think there's a chance he's still we, out there. And
3: we already know what Mega Mom can do. Donald has seen just a little bit of the fire, yeah. the matchstick, and Lonnie's getting the fool. Uh, <laughs> sho- he got some shoves. Yeah. She was giving him well, she she was threw, giving the business. She threw that nice bag right in his chest. Yeah. So, Joyce
0: Byers ain't taking shit today. No.
3: <laughs> she got those camels, and she's ready to rock. <laughs> somewhere, uh, out, somewhere
0: out there. I'd like to imagine Donald just got really scared and he's not sure why. <laughs> he just looked up into the sky and said, "I feel awful."
3: And I noticed that Lonnie looks like like a shitty Edward Norton. A shitty Edward <laughs> Norton. You <laughs> noticed that?
0: <laughs> well, this this so this might play into a later scene, but I still think that the the actor they cast for Lonnie looks dead on like an older Steve.
1: He does, mm-hmm. and
0: probably acted just like Steve when he was in high school too. And I, I think maybe that might be where Jonathan's dislike for Steve Ooh,
3: now you're kind of comes oh. from
0: at least on a subconscious level because that guy really like he screams like he should be Steve's dad because <laughs> he's got the same little hair we don't flip know that kinda. he's not we don't know that he's not That's true. Lonnie gets around yeah
3: <laughs> Lonnie gets around <laughs> um, yeah and then he blames Joyce for everything that's going on mm-hmm. uh, you know once he's his backs to the corner he dares. Like, well, if I was here, everybody would be drinking vodka safe at home. I ain't doing some blow every now and then, okay? <laughs> but you got holes in the house. Kids gone. No vodka till I brought it. Check the freezer. I had to go buy it after I got here.
0: Hold the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which I fixed, by the way. Which I saw on my way out to buy the vodka. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, that was just pretty despicable. Way to go, Lonnie. You're a real piece of work. Real tighter shit, Lonnie. That's all I'm saying. Then we cut to uh, Nancy. So you're
1: out of your element, Lonnie. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Good one.
3: Cut to Nancy practicing her swing for the softball team. And she's really giving it a go. Like, if we run into this thing, whatever it might be. Uh, she's swinging off a low, though. I mean, she's seen the photo. It looming over bar. But she's really practicing for a dick hit, I feel like. <laughs> she's banking that this thing has a dick. And I'm just going to.
0: Get it. And she thinks it's a faceless man.
3: That's so. true. It's not dickless. It's about to be. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve Buster Swing the bat uh, and decides to apologize for caring more about getting in trouble with his parents than he does the missing Barbara. Hashtag Justice for Barbara. He's Moment wearing a t shirt.
1: Justice for Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. I so, got these printed.
3: <laughs> and I thought he did a really poor job at an apology. Didn't you guys?
2: Uh, I mean, okay. the, was,
3: his character was sincere, but you can just tell that his head is justifiably at his age, just totally self centered and bullshitty. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm really sorry for caring about super trivial things at such an extreme time. So, like, do you want to go see a movie later? You know, I mean, that's, that's not what you say when you're apologizing for trivializing the situation. In my mind, you know, hey, I'm sorry your friend's missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really insensitive. Do you want to catch a flick tonight? You know, I just thought it was weird.
1: A little tactless to ask her out on a date after. A but little. As far as a like little? the apology itself, though, I thought it was good. She was like, "So did you get in trouble with your daddy?" Like, I mean, yeah, I totally. He was
3: sincere, and I think yeah. that makes it worse. Is he was like totally thought it was a good idea, I'm like blow yeah. off some steam because fuck Barb, you know. i
0: drafted draft you to my softball team. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I agree with you. He, it, yeah, it, he was he was sincere, but it yeah not not the smoothest operator.
3: Ooh, Sade?
0: what what
3: smooth operator.
0: oh i was thinking of uh, michael jackson
3: that's the reference right
0: i was thinking of michael jackson song i don't know smooth criminal, smooth criminal. <laughs> Fuck,
3: yeah down. Ooh, steve oh, i steve oh it <laughs> oh, happened maybe we don't know the actual song in this source yet but i at least know steve is also wrong <laughs> so then we know we find out that john cannot shoot worth a shit uh, <laughs> worth a shit and nope. nancy is it prodigy? Dead-Eye Nancy. That's what they call her in high school. Uh, not much with a bat, but with a pistol. So I think it's funny they switch weapons. <laughs> it's like, you really suck with a bat. i like, what do you do with that gun, Mr. Fancy Rabbit Guy? <laughs> Trade you. <laughs> uh, so we find out that uh, Jonathan killed a rabbit as a child. And we, it really cut seamlessly from the Lonnie incident to backstory about Lonnie's parenting, um, which I thought was interesting because he doesn't talk about his dad with anybody else a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, right after that scene, we get him telling her about how he forced Jonathan, Lonnie forced Jonathan to kill a rabbit. He thought it'd make me like more of a man. And we're just, Lonnie, and I almost don't like how much of a piece of shit Lonnie is. Mm-hmm. Right? So almost? he's Almost? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely dislike Lonnie, but I don't know that I like that the- The storytelling of the story it. The storytelling of him being that oh, okay. shitty. Because he's alcoholic. He doesn't care at all about his dead child. Mm-hmm. You kidding me? Um he's just completely full of shit. Um and then he's also like this weird, torturous you know what I mean? Like redneck, sociopath I don't know. It would be much more interesting if he was like a down on his luck piece of shit who just can't seem to do right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: The killing the rabbit thing though, I think, is something that's pretty common.
3: Yeah, we're, especially in the Midwest and stuff.
0: Yeah, dads mm. will take their 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 sons out and be like, "You got to kill this thing; it'll make you a man."
3: But you don't know? you think it kind of paints Joyce in a weird light? Because he they've they've made Lonnie at this point he has zero redeeming qualities, hmm. and so we're He's Joyce, a cool who's a character we like, was <laughs> married to him. She's had children with him. Um,
0: well, I think it it plays into what. Jonathan tells Nancy later on when they have that argument how he thinks Nancy's just rebelling but she's doing the same thing she's being with this jock guy cuz she's rebelling but she's going to end up you know depressing I feel like a lot of that comes from how he views his parents.
3: Sure. And there is that line Joyce too. Probably did that as well. He says um I'm sure that they were in love once and things were good. I just never saw any of that. Yeah. And I you know and maybe that does have good characterization that Joyce has grown a lot mm-hmm. into a hardworking single mother who is a good person. And she used to be maybe a party animal and was like, a, you know, enjoyed a guy like Lonnie. Yeah.
2: Joyce but, yeah.
1: clearly has grown up
3: she has as
2: that an line. individual. She and,
1: says, uh, sorry, she has know. that line. She says, um, brother, I have not needed you for a long time or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, it was that awesome, like kind of on the nose, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have grown beyond you sure get it Joyce sorry man I didn't mean get to interrupt you oh no you're fine no, unforgivable I
0: was just, no I was just saying that she she's clearly grown up as a human being whereas Lonnie hasn't he's yeah. still tooling. dating a younger woman he, he's dating a younger woman he's still tooling around with the car in the back <laughs> um, like look at my Thunderbird like dude you that's not that's not cool anymore
3: still trying to scam on his dead kids <laughs> same old hustle
0: he's like hey you wanna go out Barb's missing <laughs> <laughs> because he's steve i swear to god he's steve in
3: like 30 years <laughs> yeah that's poor steve well i don't know though steve's got some more we'll talk about that that's later. true steve steve's okay so dead eye nancy um hopper so when we cut back to hopper i don't think he is drunk he might be Does anyone see him drink i think he lied no, to her i think he's just he yeah, calls his ex-wife and that is so fucking sad mm. Because we see that she has moved on. She's married to Bill now. She has another child. Hopper has been destroyed by the incident of his daughter getting uh, cancer, I guess. And, you know, he's just clearly, you know, by the way she... Hopper, I can't do this shit. Are you drunk? That he used to fucking drunk dial her constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's just so uncomfortable and sad. But we get to see sort of a redemption moment from him, too. And that uh, when she calls back, we can presume it was her, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't... Assume.
1: I don't fully follow why that scene is inserted there. You know, wouldn't this have taken place just after he had been searching the house for bugs and stuff?
3: I, I guess he put his phone back together once yeah. he realized it was not in there. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't care. Yeah. So he, the way I, I took he's just it
1: overwhelmed,
3: maybe? he's like, Holy shit. What am I into? I'm about to die. Mm-hmm. And who That's do you, how th- I took it. who do you call? And he goes buzzers. Buzzers. <laughs> <laughs> my dude. Damn. Another 80s reference. Guys, you are good. We are layered. There's more in this show meta style than in the actual show. We're gonna do a
0: podcast about Easter eggs for this show. <laughs> nice. Probably not.
3: Uh, if you want to, you can email StreamingThingsPod at <laughs> Um So yeah, he's you know, who do you gonna call when you're about to die and there's no ghost involved? <laughs> you're gonna call I mean that's all he's got it's kind of it's so sad and she doesn't have him she's like what you know and then I think she thinks he's gonna like commit suicide but he decides you can kind of see in that moment where he snaps back into it like fuck this Uh, and the phone rings and that was one of my favorite moments of the show spoiler alert where he goes to grab the phone you think he's gonna go back and answer it Mm -hmm. and he just rips it out of the wall and throws it across the room like I'm done so we can tell that that part of his life is now behind him so then, Nancy defends Steve uh, in an argument against John, and the argument kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't really like it a whole lot. I did mm-hmm. like the end of it, but I didn't like how it started. It seemed very trite and and not in line with what they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're on this mission hunting who knows what. They've drawn maps. There's X's. They've got a gun, which is very serious. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then it's like so why'd you take that picture oh <laughs> uh, it's because your boobs were in it but also i thought it showed you being somebody that you were trying to be but weren't and in that moment there was some vulnerability where i could see the real you <laughs> and it was he-
1: a terrible description yeah like- What did did I say in that picture? It's like, what is the lamest art 101 description I can come up with right now? Go. Yeah. It's fucking awful.
3: I just read Kafka and I decided.
1: (laughs) And she calls him out on it too. She's like, that is such bullshit. Like, that's a bad It would have been
3: better if she said, you're completely full of shit. Right. But it was like more like she took him seriously Mm -hmm. and was like, that's bullshit. I'm not that way. I don't know. I just, what did you think, Steve?
0: Uh, I agree with you. It, it does start off bad, but where it ends up, I really, really like where yes. it ends up. Uh,
3: the speech that you alluded to from John, um, he fucking shuts her ass up real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you're, a, oh, you're just that pretentious creep everybody thought you were, and then he just lays into her. Like, oh, you're the suburban girl who thinks she's rebelling by acting just like every other suburban girl who's going to grow <laughs> up to be exactly like her parents, whom she hates and thinks are boring, and live in a cul-de-sac, and decide that, you know, whatever my I didn't note, do it as well as John did. My <laughs> note
0: for this argument was, uh, Jaybird has no chill. <laughs> yeah.
2: Jaybird has no chill. Came strong at her. Yeah.
3: And she didn't get, I thought she was going to walk off in a huff. I had forgotten. I guess she kind of does. And <laughs> she was just like, damn, burnt me. So then we cut to Lucas, uh, just going full Lucas, freaking the fuck out on 11. Mm. Uh, so I skipped this, where the boys figure out, in a stroke of genius from just, uh, Dustin, sorry, there's no Justin, from Dustin that the compasses are not working because of the explanation that they got from Mr. Clark. He put it all together. Old Dustin over there by himself eating the knockoff Nilla wafers decided, hey, I don't, why do you have a compass in his pocket? Like, how did this start? They don't explain that. We just decided, hey, that's not North. I always Mm -hmm. check my compass when I'm in the basement while they're talking over there. And this... Well, he
0: said um, that the conversation got him thinking about
3: it. So he purposely went to check his compass to see if the magnetism was still correct. Mm -hmm. And he's very... I thought... I guess because Dustin so rarely gets the one up and gets to be that guy that he's really savoring it. But I thought he was very disdainful towards his fellow... You know, losers club kids.
0: (laughs) He was insulted that they didn't understand. Oh, you guys don't know how
3: compasses work? Oh, where's the batteries at, you dumb bitch? (laughs) Oh, there ain't some. (laughs) 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 Saying how they work.
2: (laughs) He throws it in their face.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And they had so many compasses. Right, just pull out your compasses. Let me show There's you something. There's like twelve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they
3: each had four. That's not perfect north, dicks. <laughs> Anywho, uh, did you so, guys
0: ever have compasses when you? Oh were yeah, about? yeah. I played did with, you guys them. Play with
3: them. I didn't carry them. Uh, I was not a traveler like they are, though. They are in this weird nerd um, nexus, the nerd nexus where they're outdoorsy 80s bike explorer kids but also nerds right i don't know if it was a 90s invention or i'm just a piece of shit i was a totally stay inside nerd you know (laughs) all purely theoretical exploratory nature you know just this book is crazy wow woods are crazy there's this kind of ticks out there that's interesting you guys better be careful (laughs) <laughs> Why would I
0: want to go outside? It's cold out there.
3: Yeah, exactly. I still don't do it. I don't There's understand. There's no cartoons out there. Every time someone comes back from like a climbing excursion with any kind of wound, I'm like, told you not to go outside. Look at that bruise. <laughs> Look at that bruise. You know what I got from my couch? Nothing. Feel great. Bed sores. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lucas, they're trekking all the way down. ba Train tracks and such. Uh, and we get to uh, a junkyard. Mm-hmm. And... Lucas puts it together that Eleven has been sabotaging their compass work. He checks her sleeve, and he's a Copperesque detective. Yeah. Oh, got any blood on your sleeve that's fresh looking? Yes, you do. Because <laughs> I noticed, without ever mentioning it out loud in the show, that you bleed a little out <laughs> of your left nostril every time you use your powers. Ergo! <laughs> yeah. It was Eleven with the bloody nose in the junkyard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Damn it. And uh, this isn't flaky enough to be old blood. Um, I saw you wiping your nose in the woods. That'd be so. great if
0: you like, pulled out her sleeve and like dabbed a little bit on her finger. And, like, mm, it's blood. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, taste yeah. it. mm. It's blood. So. Eleven's blood. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, so then she just totally breaks down. And it's this heart-wrenching where she's finally been cornered. The moment that she knew mm. was happening, that she's been dreading the whole episode, is happening. And she's got to spill some of the beans. And it's so sad all she says because her language, you know, she doesn't have a a huge lexicon. Mm. You know, she can't express herself except Millie Bobby Brown can to the audience. (laughs) Like, oh, my God, that little face says so much. Yep. Uh, It's like a Kevin Smith movie in that face. Yeah. That's how good she is. Um, That's a good reference. That was a good cinematic. It's not safe. (laughs) That's all she says. That's it. Three little words. That's all she can say. It's not enough. Not for Lucas. So then Mike and Lucas get in a little tussle, and she goes full fire starter, Mm. blows his ass against the back of the the junkyard thing. And he does like a movie unconscious. Like, it's so easy to get unconscious in movies. Like, if you do get knocked out in real life, it's usually a very serious injury. Yeah. Yeah. But let's not knock the whole, you know, cinematic universe here. Um, And yeah, so then they try to let Lucas up for a little while. What'd you guys think about anything else there?
1: Stope scene.
3: Just very good scene.
1: I love how uh, they everything else at this point have been pretty smooth, and they did shot all that handheld like to sure. emulate the emotional tension yeah. of the scene. You
3: know, I, mean, I didn't know that. Shaky
1: and shit, it's dope. Um, I, I do you remember
0: being a kid and you're with your friends no. and you <laughs> and you accidentally like something happens where you accidentally hurt your friend oh yeah i
1: was usually the one that got
0: accidentally hurt and you always like immediately go into friend where we're like oh my god i'm so sorry are you okay you you don't want to get in trouble well not necessarily because you don't want to get in trouble because like maybe you just kind of care a little bit you you relapse into that you come back to reality we're like oh shit that's my friend what happened absolutely you you apologize to do that they do that thing where it's like
1: get away from me
3: i'm (laughs) going home I did it with my... my
0: crying,
1: to, but I'm not going to let yeah, you see it. Yeah, Lucas was kind of crying a little bit. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Get
3: away from me. It. It was fucking dope. That was perfectly done. That's exactly how you'd be. I had flashbacks, Except too. He would have been a little concussed, too. A
0: childhood moment of mine where I'm like, oh, my God.
3: <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I do, too. I punched my brother once, and he started bleeding a lot. And we were really fighting. Ooh, and I was right. like, oh, God. That looks <laughs> bad. I love you. <laughs> 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 Don't tell Mom.
0: Mine's way less... Uh... Violent What was yours? Mine's uh, There was one of my friends He was hiding under his porch And we were trying to like Coax him out Because it was like a game Like he's like You you can't You can't see me under the porch
3: Okay Was this a couple weeks ago And your friend's (laughs) ten
0: It's the kid I keep in the basement But um (laughs) No, Try like him he, anyway. he was—he was some hide and go seek thing, and I thought it was a good idea because they had like a dog, and the dog bowl for water was on top on the top of the deck. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be a fun idea because I thought I could like pour the water through the crack and like, like. <laughs> kind of heard him out of the, <laughs> out from under there using this water but i i just drenched him on accident and he came upstairs he was crying and i'm like oh my gosh i'm so sorry and he like shoved me he's like i'm going home oh. <laughs> i felt so bad i had a thousand
3: like that i guess i was an asshole <laughs> <laughs> trying to he's going to fear the tiny trickle and <laughs> i'm going to l- lure him toward the exit Total Steve logic. Uh, Fear the tiny trickle. <laughs> <laughs> it's our new <laughs> horror movie. Don't steal that idea either. <laughs> um, I noticed that the, the, the least seamless flashbacks of the series so far were in this episode. Hmm. They didn't have that same, like, match-cutty quality uh, uh, diegetic flashback, that term that I invented before that was genius. It <laughs> uh, does not apply here, don't you think? The, the tank mm-hmm. flashbacks with Eleven were just kind of random. She had one during the Junkyard fight where she exploded uh, Lucas. Yeah. That sounds way more dramatic <laughs> than it was. There. She did not explode him. Uh, she forcefully pushed him with her mind. Uh, a, good, a couple mean, feet. <laughs> I think a good 15. Yeah, No, she
0: launched 11 him, is a but. Jedi, confirmed. Unless
3: you, you could say that her using her powers to a degree that she did not intend was relatable to the flashback, but I don't think so. Not my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? I just think it was the first time they really kind of i like the flashback it was great information but it was the most flashbacky flashback Yeah, so it was
1: far. by far the most expository like mm-hmm. no this is information you need to know right. and we've held it back up to this point but yeah if you if, if the story's going to make sense from here on out this shit you got to know right she opened up the upside down
3: well did, did we get that information yet yeah, well, like, you, you get We know the that she was in the tank, and we hear, like, the clicking alien noise at the Demogorgon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then she freaks to get me out. So you can start putting it together, but I don't think we know verifiably that she has caused the rift yet. I mean, we,
1: we just, see the monster, we, right?
3: Yes, yes. I mean, exactly. The audience knows that. I don't know. It's hard to say after seeing it yeah. a couple times. I but. know
1: for sure we, they,
0: we, they've at least finally connected that Eleven and the monster have some sort of shared history. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm
3: again steve the scientist
0: push up my glasses (laughs) we can assume no you're absolutely right
3: reasonable doubt (laughs) um and i love the upside down Mm. uh the little the black we can talk about that a little later yeah um so then we get to the jump scare deer with uh nancy and john after their fight they're still together um and i forgot to google something again (laughs) Anywho. those of you listening take a shot (laughs)
2: So
3: (laughs) So, i really was trying not to laugh with john pointing the gun at the deer because i was like he's gonna miss like okay just give it to me she should have been like fuck no you're gonna really hurt this deer
0: he ended up just, like, missing its head, just putting yeah. a couple more holes in its body that are non-lethal,
3: and it's even, even more pain. That's what I was picturing, like...
2: Oh, shit. It's so bad.
3: You know, okay. He's puking and shit.
0: Jonathan, just give me the gun. She did, with a bat. What was the, the, the noise that deer was making? Was that a noise that deer make? I don't know. Mine. No, it's like no, in the show, because no, no. in the show, Nancy's like, shut up, I hear something. And then you hear like, it's like is that an infant? It's cool. Nancy, I'm
2: a deer. Hello, deer. <laughs> it hurts so bad. I'm a deer over here.
3: I don't know. I'm not on sure a, what a wounded deer sounds like. On a scale like.
0: of one to ten, one being Will Byers' cotton body bad, uh, ten being completely lifelike. How realistic was that deer corpse?
3: I'd give it a seven.
0: Six. Six?
3: It's nowhere near the goo.
0: Nowhere near the
3: goo. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was a pretty convincing half-dead deer. But I thought it was strange that the Demogorgon did like a jumpy-scare pulley thing. They didn't freak out
1: nearly enough I for know. what just happened. <laughs> yeah. They were like, "Where'd the deer?" They'd go? They jumped back, which is like, "Okay." And then they're like, "What happened?" It's like, "Bitch, get out of there!" <laughs> like, yeah. Someone just dragged that fucking dead deer. Like,
3: <laughs> we would have been out of there. But it was I a would very have run good. Backwards
1: and just shot blindly with foot.
3: <laughs> I was shot, Nancy. <laughs> well, we know Jonathan would have <laughs> on accident. <She's> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was. I think. It didn't make a whole lot of sense from what we know about the Demogorgon because he would have taken it to this little upside downy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why is he sitting on their plane of existence? Oh, he's not. It did. You're right. No, dumb. dumb, Dummy. Because it got got
0: hit by a car and it's just kind of like, what? don't
3: mind (laughs) if I do. So it did get hit by a car. So I imagine if he did.
0: did, I imagine if if the Demogorgon killed it, he would just be like, all right, cool. Got my deer. Let me just take it now. Instead of like, oh, I'll just leave this here for some kids to find.
1: Why
3: wouldn't he just grab...
1: Oh. He's hiding in the bushes like, I'm so going to scare them. <laughs> the, <laughs> this is going to be so great, guys. It's
3: because the deer was bleeding. Mm-hmm. And he has no face. Mm-hmm. So he does not see. He sensed... The, 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 the blood. Well, yeah. <laughs> the deer. So he could, maybe he couldn't even see them in, their, in our plane
0: that's true I mean, yeah
3: because why wouldn't he just grab them but i don't the deer know that was it tracks
1: that he can't see
3: them i don't know, I don't know. was but. will wounded at all do we remember
1: yeah he falls off his bike when he first sees the monster walking across the road
3: okay so he could have had a scrape
1: yeah he could have scraped his
3: knee or something um we'll go with this <laughs> well, he, the, it has been
1: established that it's attracted to blood yeah, yeah he's sure. definitely drawn to the deer by the blood
3: mm-hmm so that's why he grab the deer and not the two protagonists. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: And he's probably hungry
0: and just, I mean, he sees Jonathan with a gun. He's like, well, I'm kidding. Can't hit it for shit. I'm okay. good.
2: <laughs> he's like, you
1: know what? He waited. I don't, I don't think I can deal with this right now. I'm just
3: going to take the easy meal. Low-hanging deer. Um... I feel bad
0: for that deer, though, because they're about to give that thing a sweet release from its (laughs) little coil, and then it just gets
3: (laughs) dragged off to hell. Never mind. Worst way to go possible. Um, So then we get uh, the tree gate, which that's what I meant to Google for the Easter Ego section. I just feel like there's been a tree gate before. Uh, Definitely, and this is not what they're alluding to, but I know one. I'm pretty sure. Um, Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Do you think no, that's a they, real mm-hmm. reference? I don't know if that's
1: a specific reference to that, but.
3: I've definitely done one. Tree Gates. Do you remember that movie?
1: I haven't seen that one.
3: you never seen. Do you know Ernest movies? Yeah, I know Ernest movies. Uh, I think there are Tree Gates in Ernest Scared Stupid. Um, what'd you guys think of the Tree Gate? A lot less goo, Sleepy which Hollow. I appreciated. Sleepy Hollow, there's a Tree Gate? Mm hmm. Okay, yeah. little Tim Burton action.
0: Nightmare Before Christmas, there's a Tree Gates to oh, the Holiday world. There's rooms. a lot of Tree Gates. Oh, man. Um, oh. yeah. Is there a tree, tree gate and fern goalie? Because there should be.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so there's a much less gooey gate, which I was personally happy with. I just felt like <laughs> they went a little easier on the goo, oh. at least on like the labia of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I I, It's one of those
1: character things where it's like, obviously you need this to happen for the story, but who the fuck's going to see this gaping gooey hole in the, Big trunk of a tree and be like, you know what? I think I really ought to stick my what head in there. the
2: fuck?
3: Figure out what's going on here. Everybody like on the getting, same
1: page? I don't like getting my hands in
0: dirt, oh, let
3: yeah. alone going through Goo Gate. Forget the mortal danger. The, okay, the the deer just gets swiped at light speed. Yeah. I just, the goo is enough. If you reach your head in there and it gets a little sticky forehead, you're <laughs> going, uh, okay. Like, Barb is not that fucking cool. Right. <laughs> High school friends are not that close, dude. Justice for Barb! Like, I'm gonna get it. It's gonna dive right in here. I put in my notes: Nancy is crazy! Exclamation point! All caps.
0: At least take her bat and like kind of like stick it in and <laughs> oh, Swiffer the goo yeah, out. Help. Maybe
3: that'll help the imagery. <laughs> just stick the bat in the goo hole. Oh yeah I totally I mean she's just there's like this womb imagery and it's very creepy but very I mean where is it established that Nancy is this brave mm-hmm. that's craziness and where the fuck is John I know she <laughs> calls for him and she calls nothing. him slowly walk you know craw- crawls into this and he's just like uh, He
0: probably saw another neighbor in a
3: deep <laughs> moment of he was looking at his map he got lost it's like, okay if we are here then this.
0: Steve's house should be five feet over there. Merkwood um, is at least fifteen paces that way.
1: I had the same thought. Like when she first sees the gate, she's like, "John, Jonathan," and he's nowhere to be found. Say, so how fucking far away could he have gotten to? <laughs> right. And then when he hears her screaming from the other side, he's like, "Nancy." Looks around. And he's like fifteen feet away from the tree. Like
3: it's very plot suspicious.
1: Could the goo gate
0: interfere? With our world, possibly
3: uh, our, our world, maybe I don't know. Here's one thing I don't know, when guys. I, I need by, you to my voice gets higher. <laughs> I need you to riddle me this, Vanilla. Why is there a second, goo gate? A second mm-hmm. rift in the space time? Is he able to open them at will now? Because we her power amplified times a million. I did it in the Russian voice times a million, <laughs> a million. by by Walter Tank. Is now in woods for no reason. Why? Do, do we not I mean I'm clearly we're not supposed to know this at this juncture and we don't remember.
1: Well they've they established when they're looking at the map like okay, it's within this square mile radius that this the uh demogorgon keeps getting sighted. And now they are presumably walking in the same woods that Will was taken in, so that could possibly be the same path that Will was taken when he was initially grabbed because I can't imagine then McGordon grabbed Will, ran all the way back to Hawkins' lab, took the elevator down, and then went back home to the upside down.
3: Maybe so, but that still doesn't explain why maybe, there's two gates.
1: Maybe. Well, there's a third. He also comes through in Will's house. So, I mean... And he comes in Steve's backyard. He comes he, through he, the he wall. Grabs,
0: he grabs a barb and mm-hmm. drags her through the pool into the, the other world, the upside down.
3: Maybe the longer the gates open because of oh, the tree gate closed mm-hmm. which was cool so he's maybe able to open them wherever mm-hmm. or more places than he should now because the longer that the main gates open the more he's able to cause rifts in the continuum perhaps mm-hmm. we'll go with that it sounds yeah, sciencey I think, well
1: um mr clark when he's talking about how the uh, wormhole could affect our world he said it could potentially swallow us up entirely i think that this like an infection that's spreading from hawkins lab like that's the central point And now, like, the Demogorgon's growing in its ability to manipulate the regular world.
3: Sure.
0: That makes sense. (laughs) And it does look like an infection. Like, especially Mm -hmm. in Hawkins' lab, the the rift, it it does look like an infection. It's
3: taking over the world, and, uh, yeah, it's very much a gonorrhea (laughs) uh, type of gate. (laughs) (laughs) The jade gate. Uh, Anywho, Goo gate. Okay. Anything else? Recap-wise, we're getting way over. It was a deep episode. Um, Before we move on to chocolate puddings? Mm-hmm. OK episode. we call this segment chocolate pudding Andy why do we call it that because we found it
1: yes <laughs> uh because it's our favorite moments of the show okay and so chocolate pudding is the best
3: okay how many chocolate puddings do we like come up with uh,
1: psh, like 11 of them Ooh. no I'm kidding Spoiler. uh we do a top three our favorite, Three moments. Okay, of the episode.
0: So
3: let's start over with Stu. Stu, what's your number three chocolate pudding of this episode?
1: Uh, my number
0: three chocolate pudding is actually the combination of two scenes. Cheater. but, but it's it's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's um, Jonathan and Nancy in the woods. The first scene with them discussing their parents while they're while Jonathan's trying to shoot a can, and then and their eventual fallout uh, when they argue about basically the same thing about their mm-hmm. parents and their background. I really like that scene because. You know, a lot. Like I, I I really connected with Jonathan in that scene where he's just kind of like my parent. You know, they 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 loved each other at one point, but I wasn't around for that. Um, Just the frustration of that moment for him of his dad being back, and and then of course Nancy also opens up that her parents are also she can't stand them because they don't love each other either. And I think that's the first on screen kind of confirmation of something we have all kind of thought about Ted and Karen. Is that Nancy's (laughs) mom's name? uh yes um but yeah that 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 ted just got a cushy job and he was older and he went for the younger girl and mom just wanted a cul-de-sac at the end of the street but it, it says a lot about those characters and it really does a lot to quickly um put them together and make them sort of a duo
1: even though they're arguing by the end
3: of it right okay dig it andy what about you
1: My number three um, would be the titular uh, flea and acrobat scene where Mr. Clark is explaining to the boys how um, portals to an alternate dimension could work. I especially love that uh, when the boys are trying to describe the question that they're asking. So, like, Another World, and and doesn't says, yeah, like, The Veil of Shadows. You know what The Veil of Shadows And Mr. Clark's like, of course, it's an ultra-dimension that reflects our own. You can only get there by casting Shadow Walk, or whatever he says. Yeah, he just he starts he, quoting yeah. the book, basically. Yeah, he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I play d d bro. You know? Um, <laughs> and it was just, uh, I, I love the whole Event Horizon throwback with the way that he described it, and uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's like the point of no return for the kids like they have confirmation of this status of things you know and they know what needs to be done and uh yeah just good stuff
3: right on uh, my number three was pretty much the same uh, as andy's i uh, mr clark dnd is what i had there just seeing the uh, generations of nerds span time much like the pencil through that plate it was pretty good right that mm-hmm. was pretty good roadless mm-hmm. traveled or something uh, you know just that was a cool moment where they were like you know like the veil of shadows and oh totally I said, yeah okay
0: a rum of <laughs> what do you say like necropolitis oh yeah. whatever that whatever that word for dead things is right
3: necrotic <laughs> beings ex- exist what was that necromorphs from dead space that you guys yeah. are talking about mm-hmm. yeah. yeah just like that nerds <laughs> uh steve what was your number two chocolate pudding
0: Oh, my number two is Eleven in the Upside Down, when yeah. uh, we actually finally see... I love the way they introduce it. So she's in the, um, what do you call that, the sensory deprivation chamber, mm-hmm. and the cinematic bars slowly yeah. start moving in, like, towards her eyeline, and then all of a sudden she's in this, like, all-black room, but you can tell there's water, and they have it split where you see Eleven and then a reflection in the water,
3: mm-hmm. and she
0: finds that Russian guy... <laughs> because um, I assume the, the the original intent was to use her to spy on Russians sure. because mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah this it's is such a eight.
3: good way to tell the story of mm-hmm. like with no words you just p- pick all that up yeah it's set in eighty three so Cold War is still going on yeah it's
1: brilliant yeah. but yeah um that is actually uh my number two also uh that that oh. whole, my whole series and because of the uh brilliance of the cold war illusion without any verbal confirmation that we're going to use your abilities to spy on the Russians. We're going to win this war and we're going to use 11 to do it. Um, and I just love the visual, the squishing of the aspect ratio is brilliant. Um, and the, uh, the sound, uh, there's a fun tidbit there. Um, when you first hear the monster, when she is, uh, uh, walking around, so I'm going to spoil one of my own egos early on. When she's walking through and listening to the Russian guy, and you hear the monster screech or whatever, and the Russian guy disappears, um, the it cuts to Doctor Brenner, and he's standing there. And he says, "What was that?" There's a clock on the wall behind them, mm-hmm. and the time on the clock is one thirty-three and forty seconds. One three three four added together is. 11. (laughs) I was going to... I was doing really slow I was doing really slow, slow math. That checks out.
3: (laughs) Nice. Did you find that on your own? Yep.
1: I was just sitting there. I keep seeing clocks. I'm like, surely they're going to do this at some point. Yep, there it is. There it is. (laughs) Really?
3: It wasn't on an 11, though? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. No,
1: it was one of those clocks that, like...
3: Oh, it it was was a digital digital clock. Okay. Also had
1: the seconds, and I guess they... Did that for that reason so they could have it be 11 oh, there are different numbers they could do to make that happen but, you know <laughs> I want to know
0: if there's some sort of transcript that uh, translates what the Russian guy was saying
3: or if they were all in the room nobody wanted to mention that they don't speak <laughs> Russian so they're all pretending it's the
0: three guys <laughs> Matthew oh. Modina's assistant someone goes like so does anyone know
2: what he's We're getting some good stuff here. Yeah. Everybody's
3: <laughs> drawing stick figures and shit, like 11 in the room. <laughs> We're going to win the fuck out of this war. <laughs>
0: Matthew Modine finally like, does anyone speak Russian? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> well, why have I been abusing this child?
3: <laughs> Aww. <laughs> The cat spoke Russian. Damn it!
0: I do like how they kind of built up to that moment, too, because before that we've seen flashbacks of Eleven like where he's like, what does the man down the hall in the other room, what's he saying? And mm-hmm. she plays it in the PA, and then, then that scene opens up with uh, him, and I, I assume in her room, and she's like, where to, Papa? And he's like, <laughs> farther than we've ever gone before. Where you're going, you don't need Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just love how like you kind of... Are, you're, you're you're learning what her purpose is, why, why they're doing this to her.
3: Right on. Is this my number two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My number two chocolate pudding is uh, the very end. Uh, just the the epitome of a binge end where you cannot help but to watch the next episode. So we have Nancy disappearing, which I don't even think we mentioned in the recap. We just implied. They all watch yeah. the show right before they listen to this. What? And, <laughs> 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 and so, so the tree closes up upon nancy just that whole sequence her going into the upside down and she steps a foot backwards and uh snaps the twig which is so corny and such a trope for horror films but i think that this show is so genius that it set itself up to be in a position where any tropey thing any cliche is an homage Mm -hmm. and so they subvert all of that criticism and just it's so genius so deft um and I just really enjoy it. And then the soundtrack is what made it for me. I think, Steve, you identified it as always, except for the other earlier incident. But I Oh, love. that was the Echo and the Bunny Man song, right? Echo mm-hmm. and the Bunny Man? Yeah, Bunny Men. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's the band? That's the band. And you know this band. You're yes. like, that's Echo and the Bunny Men. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of, One of my band. F- no, One never. of my
0: favorite songs is The Killing Moon, which wasn't the song playing, but it's by right. Echo and the Bunny Men. Okay, I'm going to Google them if later. If you ever Check saw my out. movie uh, Blue Moon, the, the last song is
3: The Echo and the Bunny Men. Killing me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I just think that that soundtrack just really made that moment. It was like this haunting, but like kind of weirdly upbeat. Like you know, it just ch- tonally worked mm-hmm. so hard for what Stranger Things is, which is haunting but totally upbeat. You I know feel like it, you know? every other episode is end with just
1: their theme music, whereas this one ended with that track. I can't yeah, say for sure. I think
0: you're right where most of them end on some sort of actual like soundtrack song. But this is mm. the first one I think that comes to mind that ends on an actual mm. uh, song that's that was made prior to the show. Well, Heroes, right? They ended the one show. Hero?
3: Like, I can be your hero, baby. No, we, ba- could, be, we could be Heroes. Yeah, that the, episode the, um,
0: when they found Will's body. Not
3: gonna stand here and wait. That's that <laughs> on. Yeah, that was totally in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know that a hero can save us. Is that a? Is that creep? It's like the Nickelback guy or some shit, ain't it? <laughs> I don't know. Scott Stamp? <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess you're right. I, I forgot about that one. But I think you're right, though. Like, Those are the only two that are to,
3: coming to mind. Mm. Annie Hoozle. Stu, what's your number one chocolate pudding?
0: Number oh, one chocolate. My number one has already been talked about. It was the meeting with the boys and Mr. Clark. Oh, just because I—it's I, that was big... number uno for you. I love that scene. Yeah,
3: another high five. Because
0: Mr. Clark is such a cool dude. I I I watch it. I'm like, man, that's gonna be me in ten years. <laughs> God, but uh, just trying
3: to lure people out from under the porch.
0: Because it's good, like exposition to kind of like explain to the audience but, and to the boys like what exactly is happening. But also, it's there's there's comedy to it you got dustin's nilla wafers you got mm-hmm. him like oh yeah i know D kids have you been reading any like <laughs> drop some obscure quantum physics book and i'm just like what? yeah hugh
1: everett's <laughs> many worlds yeah. interpretation and they're like
0: yeah totally <laughs> uh-huh. yeah man yeah i just really like that character he's he's becoming one of my favorites of this rewatch mm-hmm. and the, that scene was endearing
3: all right andy you're number one chocolate pudding. Uh,
1: My number one chocolate pudding takes place very early on in the episode. It's a little bit cheating because it's intercutting between two scenes, but it's when uh, Hopper first breaks into um, Hawkins' lab, fights his way down into the bowels, and he enters the land of dandruff and infection. (laughs) And so he's like looking around like, what the fuck's going on? It cuts back to the boys where they're first understanding what the upside down is. And Dustin takes out the uh, guidebook to Dungeons and Dragons and starts reading, describing the Veil of Shadows. And then it will cut back to Hopper walking through the entrance to the Upside Down, like, what's going on? And then cut back to Dustin. And it was just yeah. really brilliant narrative, like describing something as we're seeing it, but not quite a voiceover. And yeah, it was really cool.
3: I agree. That whole sequence was some of the most uh, thrilling that mm-hmm. I've seen in the show at all. So totally agree. Uh, my number one is a scene that I already talked about earlier with Eleven when um, she's on the couch talking to Mike and the boys. And you can just see on her face that she, again, she knows that she has been a, a piece of the causality of all of these events. And she has wanted to hide this from them. She's finally got friends. She doesn't want to lose them. And she knows that it's inevitable. That's all going to come to light. And it's so sad. And again, Millie Bobby Brown, that the fact that you can read all of that in her face. Uh, It was just incredible. So that was uh, my number one chocolate pudding of Chapter 5. Moving on, let's quickly flow through and talk about Steve's segment. Uh, Steve, what is your segment again? I do not recall. Will
0: call. Will call? What is that? Well, will call is when we watch an episode and we see how many times someone calls out for Will. Uh, Now, in the previous episodes, we have only been counting people who have said, you know, Will or where's Will uh, if a background character is saying it like a crowd of people, we usually don't count it unless it's the only thing you hear on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if main characters are talking over it, we don't count them. Uh, but this episode, we got some. <laughs> we got some. Andy had to help me catch a couple of them because I was like so enthralled with some of the scenes. And he would point at me and be like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but uh, after the last couple episodes, we only had like three and four. Mm. This week we have Eight. We're oh, back up
3: because they were starting to think he was dead. Yeah. Now they they're getting hope again after mm-hmm. the cotton incident.
0: Most of these, I'd say, six of these were from uh, Hopper in that first scene. Yeah, uh, where he's breaking through Hawkins. Um, Will. There is a possibility of three more. I did. I didn't know whether to count them or not because the line was saying. Um, find will they kept mm-hmm. saying find will they said it, they yelled it three times like i don't know if that
1: counts but
3: so we got uh eight for sure confirmed and three maybes yes yeah that's pretty good four grand total of 11
1: oh <laughs> shit
3: no oh, <laughs> now
1: they're counting
3: and he's just
1: <laughs> adding everything
3: that. up in life to 11 you're Your a math, math wizard. wizard i
1: watched uh, the number 23 recently you guys and so
3: <laughs> really? it's all just fucked you really? Yeah, I did really. Is wow. that the Jim Carrey movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. wow, wow, that's a terrible that's movie. Jim Carrey property. That's, <laughs> that's what Andy does. <laughs>
0: that's a deep cut.
1: <laughs> it just showed up on Netflix. That's awesome day.
3: So anyway, now we have our final segment: uh, the Easter egos. So obviously they're Easter eggs, and we call them egos because we are super cute, and egos are important in the show. I don't know why I wrap that. Uh. uh, uh. <laughs> so. Starting off, Andy, (laughs) what is your, we'll just fire him off, guys. We'll fire Fire him him
1: off. off. All right. Okay. Um, Andy, go. Yeah. Um, When uh, Eleven is uh, in the uh, sensory deprivation tank and uh, experiences the walking through black with the reflection underneath, the watery reflection that's pulled straight out of uh, Under the Skin Mm -hmm. with uh, Scarlett Johansson, She plays this alien character that uh, steals people's uh, bodies. Did you see that film? I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd forgotten that they did that. Yeah, pulled straight from that, like identical.
3: And I read that afterward because I didn't really, I only saw the movie once. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really notice it while I was watching Stranger Things, but I read a lot about that in the, you know, last year, right after the show ended. Fuck, it is dead on, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, even the way that it's framed and the way she walks toward it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just everything. Which
1: so, I, so did they say, like, yeah, we took that from... <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, it's there's an homage. no
1: denying it. Okay. like It is dead on. Wow! And the movie had just came out, like, a year or two before production for Stranger Things started. Yeah, it did come out a while ago. I still mm-hmm. feel like that movie just came
0: out three months ago, but it's been a couple of years. No, I was,
3: I was living in a, at the condo, so it was at least four years ago.
0: Mm. Wow. Damn.
3: Uh, so applies. Steve, your Easter echo.
0: Um, so I actually researched this episode, trying to find like egos ahead of time to look for them. All mm-hmm. oh, right on. And uh, the one that I, I I honestly am not an expert on the subject matter, but I thought it was interesting, and I looked for it, and it did happen. Where um, uh, the scene there's a there's a cut where I think it's the scene where Joyce is yelling and arguing with Lonnie, and she like throws the bag at him and everything, mm. and then it goes directly to the scene with Nancy and the bat. Um, the first shot where it goes from Joyce to Nancy scene is Nancy pulling the bat off of a rack mm-hmm. and on the rack are a bunch of croquet um, what do you call those mallets? mallets croquet mallets and apparently this is a a nod to the movie Heathers oh yeah where Winona Ryder plays a lot of croquet interesting <laughs> <laughs> and so they like we're like hey we're gonna put croquet mallets there. That's apparently real, that's really layered that's awesome
2: yeah
0: uh, and I mean, I've never seen layers so uh, have you guys, Heather's. Heather's. No, actually,
3: say? unfortunately, I haven't. You said layers. Oh,
2: shit.
3: <laughs> I've never seen layers before. I've never eaten a parfait or sliced an onion. <laughs> Tell me more
0: of
1: this parfait. <laughs> yeah,
3: everybody loves parfaits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. A Shrek reference. Okay.
1: Solid. Um, okay, uh, this one's pretty good. Um, when When the kids are discussing what they heard in the previous episode over the radio, they're saying... Will uh, Will saying that it's like home, only it's dark and it's cold. Did he say cold? And they're really confused and uh, they're like, uh Lucas says, like, this doesn't make any sense, and then Dustin says, This is like riddles in the dark. Um, that is a reference to the Hobbit. Um the chapter Riddles in the Dark is uh where Bilbo first meets Column yeah. and finds mm. the ring. Nice.
3: And they exchange riddles. <clears throat> That you home. did Yoda. You did Yoda. <laughs> did, <laughs> did you see that video today? It's a. I mean, it's not new. But the bad lip reading of uh, Empire Strikes Back. how he does the song. Yeah. Seven in the morning. I was like, "What the fuck?" Anyway, Stu, another ego from you. Oh, I saw a David Bowie poster in Jonathan's room. Did you? I did uh, too.
1: Lego my ego, bro.
0: That was
3: my first ego. Bowie. I was very happy to see that because I love me some Bowie. Yeah, dude. Andy, another from you.
1: Uh, let's see here. Um, the kids, uh, when they are trying to find the gate and they are following their compasses due north, um, they mm-hmm. are walking together. Uh, oh. all along the train tracks, which is oh. pulled straight from Stand By Me. Shot for
3: shout.
0: Stand by me.
3: Got that one for shout.
0: When you're strong. Do you have any more
3: of theirs, too? I do. Um,
0: oh, they, uh, when Steve comes over and he's like, hey, girl, you want to go to Stand By Me? Uh, he mentions, you got your poster boy coming out. From Risky Business. Yeah.
3: Tom Cruise. You want
0: to see all the right moves? Ooh. even mentions an, an, a previous Easter egg mm-hmm. that she has the poster of Tom
1: Cruise in, in her room.
3: More layers, which I'll explain to you later, Steve. I need to know.
1: <laughs> Andy, more from you. Um, When the kids are first approaching Mr. Clark, um, Mike says... You, so, you know how in Cosmos with Carl Sagan, they talk mm. about um, the possibility of alternate dimensions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's talking about the TV show Cosmos that was recently rebooted by Seth MacFarlane starring Neil deGrasse Tyson. Cool stuff.
2: And
3: I also, I think maybe the book, too. Wasn't there a book? Cosmos? Cosmos?
1: Possibly, but there's definitely a TV Absolutely. show that was super popular in the 80s.
3: Um, any more from you, Mr. Steve? Bambi. Oh.
0: so uh yeah when jonathan recounts the story about how he had to kill a bunny he calls it thumper nice. he says i'm a fan of
3: thumper I'm nice. a fan of thumper that's bambi and also then, the dead deer yeah. that's probably not an accident that's awesome
0: i think the dead deer also symbolizes the fall of house baratheon um, <laughs> <laughs> if it
3: was killed by a boar and you mr andy
1: i think i am fresh out of vegas
3: any more from you steve
0: uh, my last one, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it because I didn't know if this was actually Don't like it. true. <laughs> okay. Um, no, when uh, Eleven's sensory deprivation outfit, when they're walking her up, is that a Ripley thing? It, like from Alien? It super looks like it. It a little no, bit. You that.
3: I would say yes, my okay. opinion.
0: I couldn't I couldn't tell if I was remembering Ripley wearing something similar or if I was thinking of a, a separate sci-fi
3: film. Believe it or not. Um,
1: kind of looks like Priss's outfit in Blade Runner. A little bit.
3: I don't care. Oh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. No. Thank oh. you. Clever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: That was pretty good. That was pretty good.
3: By the way, you said that the... Who scored Blade Runner? You mentioned it starts with a V? Vangelis? V? Mm. So, uh, yeah. So, I was listening to the score, particularly because you had vouched for him so much and said they did a lot of work on Stranger Things. Or at least they, they used some of his previous work.
0: Yeah, they use like songs from albums that he's released.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. he's just got like albums. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I love his score in Blade Runner.
0: Oh, it's one of my favorites.
3: And paying attention the second time I was like, shit, uh, perfect <laughs> person. <laughs> so um, okay, there's an Evil Dead poster which is brought back, but I'm just gonna bring it up every time. Mm. And I believe Lonnie calls it inappropriate. Yeah. Uh-huh. The simp- uh, sensory deprivation tank and her being submerged in it is from a movie called, or referencing a movie called Altered States that stars uh, William Hurt. Um, Wonderful flick.
0: Oh, that's the one where they like rotoscope his, they rotoscope him a lot at the end because his like,
3: Little he, William Hurdy face.
0: Yeah, and he's like, he's got this. It's this really cool effect for the time, but it yeah. looks really weird now. Where it, like it keeps his body keeps like flashing red and blue and yellow, and he's like, oh, he's in pain in his house because <laughs> he's his. I guess his existence is shifting through altered states. Uh, and, uh,
3: <laughs> title makes sense. I've never seen it,
0: but I've seen that scene where he's like, help <laughs> me or whatever he's saying.
2: That
3: was, uh, a, that was a bullseye. I've also William got a couple Hurt. that we missed. That was dead on. <laughs> I got a couple that we missed. Um, so, not missed, but like could have elaborated more on. So, there's a shitload of ET, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, did we talk about Eleven wearing the wig being part oh, of the ET reference? No, they dress- no, we did. That's true. Remember when they dressed him yeah. up Gee, like a little girl? A, that
0: is a ET little girl yeah, dress that she's wearing, isn't it? Totally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that whole get She's up, just
3: missing the sunflower hat. Yeah, you know, we totally missed that. She's a little not as cute as E.T., but it's whatever. <laughs> and uh, we missed a, a Close Encounters reference. Uh, I had to look this one up just to be in perfect honesty. But uh, apparently, and I've seen the movie. I just don't. I'm not putting this together. There's like a uh, insane mother who no one believes, much like Joyce. Oh, in yeah. Close she shows Encounters. up
0: halfway through, the, halfway through the movie. She's the one that meets... Richard Dreyfus when they're trying to get to do you uh, think that's
3: a good connection or are they stretching that one
0: I think it's a stretch because she well no that is true because they do show her son being abducted by the aliens in the beginning Ah, that's true okay yeah because that's where you know that iconic shot of a kid opening the front door and just lights flooding yeah yeah that's her kid
3: so that's her kid I don't know why I said (laughs)
0: that's that's her kid you are not
3: the father Maury uh okay I really
0: want them to do a mashed potatoes homage to uh, Close Encounters. Where it's not over yet. I want Ted to have the mashed potato, and he's like, This is important. (laughs) And he just abandons his family.
3: (laughs) Goes out with Lonnie. Classic. That's all the egos we have for chapter five. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we've heard that a wonderful titan of podcasting is starting a similar podcast soon. So we hope you really do stick with us. And if you want to help us, if you do love us, if you're as endeared to Steve as we are, Aww. please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast again. It could not be more important. Uh, tell your friends. Word of mouth I read in a marketing book was really important. No. Tell your friends. Um, and yeah we really appreciate you sticking around if you have any feedback at all that you want to send our way email that to streaming things at gmail.com you can follow streaming things on twitter at stream things pod and you can uh, like our facebook page at stranger things podcast uh, which is on facebook there Yeah. So yeah. well you guys have a wonderful night get the fuck out of my house uh, not you guys you guys are cool uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. That's all we have this time. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And he's Steve.
1: Streaming things. Streaming
2: things. Streaming things. Steve. Such a good guy. Oh,
3: <laughs> Such a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Peter wasn't at that gate, you know what I'm saying?
0: Um, Are you on the list? <laughs> William Byers?
3: nope you're not put a needle in his neck send him home <laughs> bug him we don't want to tell him about it okay this joke is <laughs> we're done I oh, Peter sorry. slowly became like bug him <laughs> Mugsley, get the cuffs New <laughs> York gangster of heaven
0: you ain't getting to heaven see ooh
2: wee Jonathan
0: that was good that was a sick burn dog ooh wee <laughs>
2: It's really good.